Oh, hi there. My name is Bonnie Lippincott, mom of two. During the transformation into motherhood, I learned I needed to trust my intuition, forgive myself, and know that I'm growing alongside my children. The title entry-level mom is meant to highlight the obvious. We have no formal training, but everything we need is already within our DNA. This podcast is connected to my book, Entry-Level Mom, and the goal is to share honest and vulnerable stories with friends to encourage each other. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, I am joined by Taisha Nakadia, who is a professional home organizer. Having worked with Taisha, I can attest she is amazing. She's positive, encouraging, honest, funny, kind, and has a meticulous attention to detail. Taisha is a true organizational guru who transforms clutter into functional systems in your home. She discusses the difference between memories and sentiments, why clutter is so bad for us, and shares the lesson, never give up, always fight for yourself. I hope you enjoy this empowering episode, and if you need a little inspiration, her Instagram page is The Editor LLC, and it contains stunning images and videos of beautiful spaces. Today's topic is home organization. My guest today is Taisha Nakadia. She is a professional home organizer and is the founder of The Editor. Your background is in fashion. You went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. You spent a summer in Italy. So cool. Um, you worked at Calvin Klein as a retail development manager and then a a space management planner at Toys R Us, which is really cool and translates really well into home organization, right? Yeah. <laughs> Space management. And then a sales and design consultant at the Closet Factory. Welcome. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is my first podcast, so I'm very happy that it's with you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You're so amazing at what you do. We just finished a project together and I'm exhausted from it and you could have kept going. Yeah, I think you, I can do it all day. <laughs> I mean, it is an eight hour job for me. So really I can go eight hours and then I'm like, okay. Wow. Yeah. My first question is how did you get into home organization? So I went to FIT to study fashion and I graduated in 2015 and at the time I could not find a job like a full-time job anywhere so I was just home and I needed to keep busy so I began organizing my mom's house at the time I didn't quite know I was organizing it I just knew I was getting it together <laughs> so I did that and then my mom's like, thank you for organizing. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. And then I'm like, I need cash. So maybe I should see if the neighbors need organization. So then I ended up creating flyers and handed it, handing it out throughout the neighborhood. And I got some clients. It wasn't a lot of clients, but it was enough to give me some extra cash and not sit around at the house. And then once I got a job, I quit. <laughs> I quit on myself. <laughs> but I'm back. So uh, <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. You I mean you started it out of necessity kind of mm -hmm. natural, like you got the house in order. You just exactly. automatically did that. Yeah. It was a natural feeling and a natural thing for me to do to 
keep my mind busy. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you got clients the natural way with your flyers too. That's cool. Yeah. I made it on like Microsoft Word. I think. <laughs> and I just handed it out. Cool. Yeah. And then you went and got a job and then stopped the home organization. But really all of the experience with like the space management planner at Toys R Us translates so beautifully into home home organization. Yeah. So pretty much I learned everything about what I do now from going to school in fashion. I had studied fashion merchandising management, which is the business side of fashion. But a lot of my electives were in visual merchandising, which is the placement of products and um, making things very visually aesthetic. So I did that for Calvin Klein. And then I left and I did that for Babies R Us, Toys R Us, in their apparel department, which is literally the same thing. But it was a little bit more intricate because I'm planning the space within a store. And then within the store, I'm planning the space within a department. And then within the department, I'm planning the space on fixtures. So there were so many different levels to it that I feel like that job made me more knowledgeable about what I do now and how to problem solve spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did I answer the question? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that's fascinating. And that's really, that's true what you said, that you can build on your experience. Mm-hmm. All of the experience can apply to whatever you're doing in general. But then I had not even heard of visual merchandising before. Oh, yeah. So... What do you mean by fixtures, too? So a fixture is, I don't know how to explain this. So you know when you're in a department store and your clothes are on something? Rack. So it's not called a rack. People think they're called a rack, but they have actual names. It's like a tea stand, a ballet bar. So those are fixtures. Okay. So whatever your product is placed on, that's the fixture. Okay. And the visual merchandising, it's it's kind of a way to, for displaying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's like display and merchandising. Merchandising is how you present the fashions with the customer. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, no wonder after we're done with a project, my house looks like it's on display. Like my items look beautiful. I can see them. I know what their function is. They're organized by what I might use them for. Like when we worked on the kitchen, we just mm-hmm. transformed it. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it just made so much sense <laughs> where you, you said, look at the space. Like I remember when we were doing the, um, the bottles and I had them in mm-hmm. a, I had them laying flat, which wasn't good for drinking containers. Right. And I had this perfect little triangle corner cabinet and it was, mm-hmm. it was the perfect marriage of, yeah. you know, form and function, but that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why does it feel so good to have a clean, a clear space in the home? And and why do you think clutter is so bad for us? Um, clutter is bad for you because when you have so many things in your face that are o- overwhelming your mind, 
you lack mental capacity at that point. So you know how some people say like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Or like, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with that right now. Sometimes it's not just because you have a lot of things going on. Sometimes it's because you just have a lot of things. <laughs> Yes, someone who has a lot of things. Yes, to take up time and space in my brain. In my brain, exactly. So in your mind, you have this constant to do list that, oh my gosh, I hate my desk and what it looks like. So that's always on your mind. So if you're working at your desk, you already feel overwhelmed because you're at work, and then you feel way more. Um, bogged down because you have this disaster that you're working in the midst of. So if you think about you sit down at your desk and it's a clear desk, there's nothing on it except like your notebook and your to-do list, you'll go to your desk and say like, ah, all right, let me start work today. You feel much lighter and your mental capacity is so much greater for you to get the things done that you actually set to get done. Mm. That's so true. Yeah. Especially when I can relate to sitting down at my desk and sometimes it's not even my conscious, it's my subconscious that's, I hate this desk. Why is it always like this? It does bog you down. And if you sit down to a clear space, you can get work done faster and you feel lighter. Yeah. Very much so. So then why is it so hard to get started? (laughs) Why do we get, why do I experience mental blocks with spaces where I just don't know where to begin? I think it's hard for people, one, because they've already been overwhelmed and they have been overwhelmed for so long that it becomes very heavy. So I think that's the main um, reason that it's just very heavy and it's just a huge weight on your shoulders. But I think the second part of that is sometimes you don't have to think about the big picture. So say like, you know, your home is cluttered and you need your home organized. I like to tell my client, like, don't think about your entire home right now. What space do you use the most in your home? It's the kitchen. Okay, great. So then let's organize the kitchen. We'll do the kitchen first and then everything else will happen in stages. But we're going to make a priority list about how we'll tackle this instead of saying, Let's organize the home because that's that's already overwhelming within in itself. For me, if someone hired me to organize their home, I automatically say, what's your priority list? Because even as an organizer, I'm not going to overwhelm myself <laughs> and think I can tackle your whole home. <laughs> so, yes, pick a space and and do it and do not pick a space and say, OK, I'll do two hours today here in the kitchen and then pick up another two hours in the kitchen. No, take a Saturday and do that entire kitchen from start to finish because creating little pockets and segments of how you're getting through the kitchen will never work because you know what, that pile that we pushed to the side so that you can do it tomorrow may not happen tomorrow. So that pile is going to last until whenever you can do it again. And who knows when you're going to do it again. Just clear a day, do the space so that you can move on. Mm. You'll feel much better that way. Mm. Yeah. That's a good process. That makes logical sense. Yeah. Not to time block it, but kind of just start to finish. Yeah. 
I like that. And then I like what you said about prioritizing it, Mm -hmm. prioritizing the space, and then perhaps starting in an area where you are the most often. Yeah. Likely it's your kitchen. Mm -hmm. And once that's taken care of, you can move to the next number two and number three and number four. And then it's important to be realistic. (laughs) Yes. Very important to be realistic. If you don't have the time to do it, don't start it. Don't start it if you don't have the time. Or hire Tasha Nakadia from the editor. I endorse this message. Hey, <laughs> ask for help when you need help. Exactly. So a lot of people, they invite me over to help them and they're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. And it's like, don't be embarrassed. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm employed. <laughs> I'm here to help people and I'm good at it and I love to do it. So why stress yourself out if you have someone who just wants to work? <laughs> Give me all the work, guys. <laughs> well, it's true what you said about when I first met you and every project we kind of do together, I think I do feel a little natural embarrassment, but you're so gentle and genuine and gracious that it goes away immediately because we're you're just so amazing at what you do and it's okay to ask for help if it's not a natural gift Mm -hmm. like it is for you for someone else so that's cool and you're a busy you're a busy mom so (laughs) yeah get it support each other yeah thank you but that's true about why it might be hard to get started because it's just it gets heavier and heavier Mm -hmm. that makes sense So you've helped me through the years with kids' clothes and toys and kitchen and office. Why do you think, I think that kids' items are tricky. They are for me at least. Mm -hmm. Why do you think kids' clothes and toys are tricky to organize or declutter or clean? (laughs) I think it's harder for moms because of the sentimental value you pick up a sock and you think about what happened on her second day at school and she ate spaghetti. Details. You think of all the precious details and the sentimental moments. Um, So it definitely makes it harder. However, you're going to have a lot of moments where that's going to happen. You can't save 18 years worth of things. So I try to help moms understand the difference between a memory and a sentiment. So some things are just a memory and others have sentimental value. So I like to tell them, yes, keep things of sentiment. Like that's important to you, but you don't have to save every memory. And I like to say, let's start with one box. Let's try to get everything in one box. Um, And that generally works. And they'll go back on it, like when they put something else in it, maybe months or a year later, and they're like, oh, I actually don't need this. This doesn't hold sentimental value anymore. So the box still remains that box. Um, But yes, it's definitely hard for moms because of the sentimental value. But I think understanding the difference between a memory and a sentiment is the key to starting. My mouth, my mouth is falling. It's, like, it's true. Memory versus sentiment are different. Yeah. And it's also an important call out that what might be sentimental will change. So having mm-hmm. one box where you open it up, oh, that spaghetti sock, oh, just, <laughs> that one piece of item, that one item that was so precious 
three years ago, yeah, it doesn't hold sentiment anymore. And I might now donate it. Yeah. I recently did a woman's um, closet, her own personal wardrobe closet. And she had a small memory box in there. And she's like, oh, don't open that. It's okay. So I'm like, okay, no problem. And she's like, actually, you can open it. So I ended up opening it, very wary, of course. And it's her children's teeth. Okay. And she was like, yeah, I I saved it. And then she was like, it's kind of weird though, huh? So she ended up getting rid of her children's teeth, but she had kept them. I don't know how how old her kids are. They are definitely still young. So maybe like 10-ish. But she thought it was of sentimental value. And now she's like, no, I actually don't need it because I actually think it's kind of weird. And oh. then she got rid of it. So it, it, it changes over time. Yes, she was saving those teeth for many years. <laughs> but <laughs> because I have a box that when Max loses his teeth, he saves his own teeth. Mm-hmm. We, he elects not to do the tooth fairy. So mm-hmm. we have a little box. He might be a dentist or something one day because he's very interested. Oh, but if he didn't do that. I might also be the one that saves the teeth. I can see. I I mean, I'm probably going to save my children's teeth. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. But I also can see me one day being that mom that's like, right, like I've had enough time with with this. I can Mm. let it go now. Yeah. Yeah. That might be part of our human experience too, is spending enough time with the item. Mm -hmm. Because you and I have discussed this, like the minimalistic way of living, how it's like idealistic, but but we do live with physical like with matter and physical mm-hmm. objects and yeah i wonder if part of wanting to hold on to it is just you need it for maybe a few more years yeah. <laughs> and then you I can mean, discard it i'm not a mom however i can imagine that you want to hold on to your child's youth and innocence for so long that that's that's something tangible that you can hold on to like you know, they lost this tooth when they were five. Like you're still holding on to that five-year-old um, child. So I get it. Um, but like all things, it has its it has its moment. <laughs> yeah, it has its time. Yeah, perhaps. yeah. Do you have any tips or tricks for listeners who just aren't sure where to start? You kind of answered this in a previous question, but anything else that you want to highlight that you think would be a tip? Or a trick if someone's looking at a room and just not sure where to start, maybe. Um, do I have a tip or a trick for you? I feel like I kind of answered that in the last one, just like picking a space and starting within that space and ensuring that you get the majority of the organization done in one day mm-hmm. um, versus putting it off for weeks and weeks <laughs> yes. and time yeah. blocking it and being realistic on how long it will take. I yeah. fell into that a lot where I pull everything out of the closet. I lose all my dopamine and I'm just like, mm, no, nope. <laughs> now. Yeah. If knowing it might take a whole Saturday, it'll likely yeah. take a whole Saturday. Yeah. yeah. You know what I can say when you decide that you're ready to organize also have the decision to be ready to part with things. Be ready to edit the space because the number one reason why people get very unorganized is because they have too many things. (laughs) Why are you looking at me? (laughs) 
they have too many things and it just ends up all over the place because you're looking for something specific and you can't find it. So it's just like everything ends up all over the place. So when you do decide to organize, also be prepared to let go of some things. And that is a, um, a mental space that you have to be in because editing, decluttering, however you want to call it, is it's hard. I, and I, I understand that it's hard. It's hard for me sometimes, depending on what it is. But you definitely have to be ready to do it. Um, so, yeah. Mm. That's really wise to be in the mental space to edit and let go mm-hmm. before you begin it. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who has 25 HDMI cords, I agree. <laughs> and yes. logically, we will revisit that cord box. <laughs> Pun earlier, we're down to the wires. That was funny. I'm also a comedian on the side, just an FYI. <laughs> oh, working with you is so, so fun because you're such a great conversationalist in general. You know, thank you. <laughs> what would you tell your younger self? We're in January, new year, new me, right? Um, what would I tell my younger self? I would tell my younger self to not quit. Don't stop. Because when I began my home organization journey right after college, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I did create an LLC and everything for this company. Yeah. You did. I did. And it was purely fashion-based. I was only doing closets um, just because I thought, that made more sense given my degree and my background, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I also came from a generation of parents who believed in getting a full-time job, having 401k, getting medical benefits. So I was steered in that way. And don't get me wrong. I'm very thankful that I did secure all that. I mean, I got to quit my job and focus on my business because I had you know, savings and a 401k. So it did create a nice cushion for me. But I also feel like if I would have kept going from that early on in life, that I would have been so much further ahead in my career. Don't get me wrong. I feel like God has placed me where I need to be at the right time. However, I still want to know where I would have been. So I wish I did not have quit and, um, you know, I just believed in myself and I fought more for me. So always fight for yourself. Don't quit. I love that. Yeah. You're such an inspiration because I got to watch you working full time and then doing this and then mm-hmm. transitioning full time into this. You did. You were like one of my first clients early on. So <laughs> you're so, I mean, you're so in the flow when you're doing this. It's just amazing to watch. It's been amazing to watch you do this full time. And I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So, I mean, I'm happy for you. When I met you, you were not doing this. You did not have books. You were not a published author. Plus, <laughs> we're growing. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on today and discussing home organization. Thank you for having me. This was fun. One more parting question. Where can people find you? Website or Social media. Okay. I have an Instagram. It's at the editor LLC. Editor is spelled E-D-I-T-O-R. I'm from New York, so I have a crazy accent. <laughs> and then I also have a website, which is 
www.theeditorllc.com. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. I believe by speaking honestly around all topics surrounding motherhood, it sheds light and love to them and is useful to parents. We are all in this together. Books by Bonnie Lippincott has links to my social media pages and it's where you can buy a copy of Entry Level Mom Book or any of my other books. As always, please remember to be kind to yourself.